and shalambao is a little soup dumpling. Pork soup dumpling that you bite a little hole in it and you drink the soup out. And then you, can, <laughs> and you, can, you, you can eat it in any way you want. And but... then it makes you so happy. <laughs> That's the shalambao. Basically, so if it was a cartoon character, it would be smiling the whole time. It'd be like, you'd be like, I'm going to eat you. And it'd be like, yay! <laughs> I like Bees, CBs live in colonies, buzzy MCs with a singer for emergencies. Cooperate to pollinate, never work alone. Just don't bring a honey home to the honeycomb. Good morning, Beezers! You know what would be amazing this morning? What? Some croissant to go with our croissant. Oh, croissant! We're gonna have a little petit déjeuner. Petit déjeuner! Oh. Okay, so... When we last met our travelers, they had just landed in Taiwan. Had they? They had. We did Taiwan First Impressions. Feels like forever ago. Um, Taiwan turned out to be pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, honestly. it was so sweet. Our first week did consist of the usual, you know, getting around and getting to know a bunch of places. We got to figure out our gym membership for the month. We got to figure out where the nearest Carrefour was. I wanted to say Calefu. Calefu. That's a and little Spain callback. Yeah. We figured that out and then just needed to know what are some good things to do, places to eat. And we had a really good time going to like our local market, which was by the Ximen train station. And we really wanted to go to Rauha Street Market, and that one had these, like, black pepper beef buns at the very, very front that were Michelin rated. So, and, like, they're just, like, made in these, like, giant, like... It's like a kiln. It's kind of... It's like what in India they use to cook... Naan. Naan, yeah. Yeah. It's like a big stone oven that you reach down into, and you stick the bow to the inside, like, side of this clay oven. Never seen anything like it. Yeah, it's super cool. It's so fucking good. Yeah, they had, like, a clay one, but then they also had, I think, two or three, like, metal ones, just to make sure that everybody got some, because the lineup is long. So that opens at 5 p.m., and it's, like, on the other side of Taiwan City from where we are. Like, we're on the farthest west side, and this market is on the farthest east side. Wow, we really did do a lot. Yeah, so once we got situated and set up, basically we spent the first few days just getting to know our neighborhood, exploring it. Shoe Street. Shoe Street, yeah. And going to and from the gym, we found some really cool spots like this. Yeah, there was this one little... Steam bun place. Steam bun place that was so awesome, but didn't really work out very well for our digestion. We went one day coming back from the gym. We were like, oh man, this place looks really good. I think it was our first day going to the gym. No, it was when we signed up for the gym. Or when we signed up for the gym. We signed up for the gym at night. We're on our way home and it's just this little unimposing kiosk, you know, side of the street. There's tons of these little shops. And they had all of these hot, moist steam buns on display, like pork buns. They were like a dumpling and a bun. Like, they weren't big and fluffy like the ones that you regularly get. No, but they looked legit. Like, they, they looked, looked legit. like legit handmade buns. And we were like, and oh, were. should we get some? Should we not? Like, it's late. Maybe we shouldn't eat out. Maybe we should get groceries because we're trying to manage our budget. Um, that one wasn't super expensive. No, but it wasn't. No, it In wasn't In terms too of bad. food. Yeah. yeah. 
But we're like, we might as well try it. We, yeah, let's just try a few. And we were quite hungry. So we got like four, four. each. And they were so fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, they, the pork inside was so delicious. And they were so cheap. How much were they? They were 17 NTD, so less than a dollar each. Yeah, less than a dollar each. And eating three of them was like dinner. And I was <laughs> like, there we go. If worse comes to worse and we're on food stamps, we just eat pork buns this whole time. <laughs> so we start our routine. You know, we're going back and forth to the gym. We're like, oh, we should get pork buns again. And then I was like, ah, oh, we should really not eat out all the time. And Jeff was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. And then I was like, but we could just get them to have them. Like they keep in the fridge because we yeah, were trying like, to find stuff to keep in the fridge. And- Oh, we also have to mention, on one of the mornings that we ended up getting these pork buns, before we went to the gym, I was able to buy a single banana from the local fruit stand that was just underneath our place, which was awesome, because I hadn't eaten any food and I wanted something for the gym. And also, while we were walking there, there was this great little breakfast place where we tried these, like, egg pancakes, where you could, like, stuff them with things. And these people would make them so quickly. It was just amazing. I had an egg with hot dogs in it. You had egg with... <laughs> Sounds so good. <laughs> I mean, it was, but... what uh, else? I what just got egg and cheese. Yeah, egg so and So it cheese, was like a yeah. rice pancake with fried egg inside and cheese melted in there, just rolled up. I yeah, was like, it was like this a little, is a perfect breakfast. Yeah, a little Asian crepe. And it was like a dollar. Yeah. It yeah. was so good. It was so good. We got uh, it again. Yeah. Um, can I finish the bun story? Wait, 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 wait. Jeepers. <laughs> I'm going to forget. You're not going to forget. I definitely lost momentum. No, you're fine. So we get to the gym, do our workout, and on our way back, we ended up happenstance to come across the bun place. And <laughs> while we were standing there, I was like, oh, we could just like have a whole bunch of them. And Chris was like, no, no, you know, like, we got to pace ourselves. We got to make sure that we're also spending money on groceries. And that's how we need to sustain ourselves. And I was like, yeah, 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 you're right. And then he was just like, but we do have a microwave at home. Yeah, and we do have a (laughs) fridge. And we do need snacky things that aren't too expensive that we can just heat up. So we went to the lady and we were like, we we would like 10 buns, please. We were like, but don't worry, don't worry, we'll pace ourselves and we'll eat them slowly and we'll just have them around. And then we went home and just like ate 10 steamers. No, no, no. Remember, we picked them up and while we were walking home, we're like, we're a little hungry. Yeah, we can just have one each right now. So then we had eight steam buns left. <laughs> and lo and behold, three hours later, they were gone. Yeah. <laughs> and an hour after that, both of us were like, oh, my tummy hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Too many steam buns. Yeah. They were a little rich, I think, in they hindsight. Were. Yeah. They were so good, though. They were so good. And our gym was super good that we were going back and forth to. World gym. It was all new. And they had like a little boxing ring to practice in. But Mm -hmm. you had to pay a private trainer to be able to go in there. Yeah. Which I thought was. No punching bag. I thought was silly. Yeah, no punching bag. They did have that weird mannequin thing, though. Yeah. And we met our Airbnb host, Brad, who is a tour guide as well. We agreed to meet him downtown and he was a super nice guy because he agreed to give us like a special deal for the month at his place and was very understanding, like negotiating with us and gave us a special deal because we had good Airbnb reviews. And then we met him at this restaurant that was like a dim sum place, I guess. Basically. Dim sum. And they had just tons of like jowls 
jiaozi. Yeah. Uh, but they specialized in xiaolongbao. So jiaozi is dumplings, like gyoza style dumplings. And xiaolongbao is a little soup dumpling. Pork soup dumpling that you bite a little hole in it and you drink the soup out. And you, <laughs> and you, can, you, you can eat it in any way you want. And but... then it makes you so happy. <laughs> That's the xiaolongbao. Basically, <laughs> so if happy. it was a cartoon character, it would be smiling the whole time. It'd be uh, You'd be like, I'm going to eat you. And it'd be like, yeah. <laughs> That's Shalomba. While you're sucking out its insides. Wee! <laughs> so good. Just slowly hear it like gurgle and die as you suck out its insides. Yeah. Wee! So Brad's family is like legacy on Shoe Street where we're staying. His family owns like seven units in the building and they Airbnb them out. And he has a degree in tourism management. I think from and hospitality, and he studied culinary in France. Yeah, in Paris. Right? Yeah. So he's super good at managing these Airbnbs, needless to say. But also, he does tours outside of the city and stuff. And he gave us all these insights on places to go and things to do, and how best to get there because we're so excited about Alishan, mm-hmm. which is. Can you remind me? Alishan is the national park located near the south center of Taiwan, right beside the city of Chai. It's just a beautiful national park. Is Chai the one that had Spirited Away? No. So Jiufen, which is north, which would have been just like an hour out of Taipei, is the Spirited Away place. Right. Which is a super old and very characterful village, I guess. Yeah. And uh, we also were really excited to go hiking through the like temperate rainforest there because there's all these paths down like train tracks that are overgrown and they're yeah, like in Alishan. beautiful green is that in Alishan mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. he was giving us all these insights but also got to scratch my political brain and ask him questions about the situation with China because it's mandatory in Taiwan to have military service when you turn 18 unless you go to college then you can defer it until you graduate 35 is the age that you stop being able and then you to. don't have to do it anymore yeah so I guess that's when our Taiwanese friend in Calgary can go back to Taiwan. He's <laughs> 35. Man. We had a great conversation and he told us about just the, the energy in Taiwan and the culture and how the people there are super vibrant. And like it felt, it was very Eastern, but you described it as like a Chinese location under new management where yeah. like all the bones were there, but somebody had like spruced it up and yeah. given it a new energy and new yeah. life and feel that yeah it had like some western flair but western is the wrong word really it had some freedom of speech flair it had a lot of free expression yes it did and especially because the park that we walked through to meet up with brad for lunch filled with people just like drawing and painting like so much amazing paintings yeah just like photographs like all these people randomly painting in the park and every single one of them painting as though it was a fucking photograph. I was like... It's like, is this a class? It's fucking Saturday. Like, what's happening? Yeah. That's a good point. That was so cool. (laughs) Super artistic, super creative. And they were like spread out all over the place. It wasn't like anybody like was telling them to paint a specific thing. Like they were spread out all over the place. Just like enjoying themselves. It was so nice. And we were staying near the like gay village also. (laughs) <laughs> the LGBTQ2IA plus friendly yeah. area. Yeah. Coincidentally or not coincidentally called Seamen. So, Wrong. Somebody had to make Wrong. that joke. Seamen. 
西门。<laughs> God, you're terrible. Uh, uh, you gotta get it where you can get it. In Shimen. Yo. Unimpressed. When we were talking to Brad, so we had this like crepe and these dumplings. I don't remember. We had two types of xiaolongbao, one type of dumplings that was like、uh, vegetarian. There was another pan-seared dumpling, so like it's called guotie, and that one was with beef inside of it. That was really good. So good. We had a giant marinated, super light and crunchy cabbage dish. Really good as well.、Um, Everything was so good. Yeah, and it was all in Chinese. And Brad was the only one of the three of us that can really read Chinese. Yeah, so、and、I was basically like, I need your help with ordering. Can you just read it to me, and I'll tell you what we like. And he's like, Yeah, and I'll give you suggestions as well. <sighs> and then we also ordered something called drabi, which is very popular in Taiwan. But it's basically like. If you were to imagine green onion pancakes that are like、chive、pretty pancakes,、yeah. chive pancakes that are really popular, remove the chive, but it's that like flaky, like、oh, yeah. layered, almost like a Chinese like a bread. It's like a pastry, yeah, yeah, and it's like mushed up almost a little bit and like broken up, and it's called dropping because it's basically like grab cake or like grab pancake. It's like you grab a handful of yeah, it and it's、exactly. just like all and, broken. Yeah, and then you just like plop <laughs> it, it down. Yeah. 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 Which is supposed to be popular because when people used to work in industrial areas, like they would only be able to have time to dropping, which is just like a quick grab, grab a handful grab of cake、go. on your way out the door. Yeah, exactly. It's、that's、a grab and go. Wow, so, that's、yeah. really cool. And that's why it was popularized in Taiwan. And like these, you know, amazing people who own a bunch of like old stores that do this, that specialize in this, like. They have it down to a T. Like you order and you get it in like thirty seconds. It's fucking insane. And then we finished it off with a little black sesame pudding, pudding. kind、yeah. of thing. Same as we had in Vietnam, really. Yeah, it's like a soy soy base. I think so. Yeah.、Um, everything in Taiwan is usually soy based when it comes to things like that.、It、comes to breakfast, it's usually soy based. So we had a bunch of food, and when we ordered and all came out, it looked like we couldn't finish it, but we crushed it. Brad also helped. Brad helped to it. He's like, I already went out for breakfast.、Um, we were like, this is way too much food. You need to eat some of it.、And、yeah, yeah. So he did. He、we、helped had, us out a little bit. We had such good. a good conversation. Yeah. And it was so cool for me to finally be fully immersed in Mandarin and like just hear it everywhere because my little like linguistic brain was just frantically like slurping up all of the sounds, yeah, all of the language sounds,、everything. and like trying、yeah. to synthesize and put things together. Like those sounds go together. Like what does that mean? I feel like I've heard that word, and like just、yeah. trying to follow the conversation, constantly asking me, "What does this mean?" Uh, it doesn't mean anything. Okay, well she said it with this one. Oh, you meant this word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and watching the conversation between Brad and Jess like a tennis match, just like. Huh, huh, Trying so hard to follow. It was so rich, and one of the places that Brad recommended for us was the monument to Chiang Kai-shek, who was the political refugee who fled China during the communist revolution. Or,、yeah. Wait, communist revolution happened in Russia during the formation of the CCP when there was basically a civil war in China around、yeah. whether they were going to be communist or not, and the communists won, obviously, and Chiang Kai-shek fled to Taiwan. Which was under Japanese control,、mm-hmm. and they basically like took it over from the Japanese and said, "This is this is our China now." 
So we went to his monument and learned so much about the history of that yeah. story. About his origin and about what he did. And his writings and... Sorry, continue. I cut you off. No. And they had really cool shit like his bulletproof Mercedes from like the 50s. I feel like it was like a Rolls Royce or something. Yeah, I don't know. It was really Mercedes. intense. Bentley? It was a Cadillac. Cadillac. Yeah, it was a bulletproof Cadillac because Cadillac was big back then. Yeah. It was like the Ferrari of the 50s. Yeah. And it's so funny. The Cadillac, I think, specifically was the one that was like donated by Taiwanese allies or like citizens I it was from of Vietnam or something. No, from the Philippines. Oh, but it was from right. people who fled China in the to the to, Philippines. To the Philippines. Yeah, and they wanted to donate it as like in honor of what he was to doing support the cause. to support the rep- like the cause and to represent themselves as well. And it was super cool that it came from like people who fled China into the Philippines. Mm-hmm. That is really really cool. And it yeah. it was so interesting to get this narrative from the inception of Taiwan as we know it today to the present because you don't hear about it. China really doesn't like for Taiwan's version of history to be emphasized because yeah. they've got their own version. But being there in like a museum and a monument to Chiang Kai-shek, you really get it. Like we feel like China has always been communist because for as long as we've been alive, it's always been communist. Mm-hmm. And all the way back to like, you just presume that there used to be monarchs and when they were no longer in place, they were taken over by communists, kind of like the situation in Russia. But that wasn't the case at all. It was only in like the early 20th century that communism took hold there and it wasn't inevitable. And that's kind of just a mind blowing idea in itself that yeah. communism in China wasn't inevitable. It was a political movement that happened to win a civil war and then became communist and became what we know today. But to hear the story of it or to read the story of it was so fucking mind blowing, like an alternate reality and seeing that they got so much support from the U S through that period to like, to be able to establish Taiwan as a sovereign state. Yeah. And like during the Vietnam war, when, when the U S was fighting in Vietnam, obviously Taiwan would have been a very important ally of the U S at that time. Yeah. Being a democratic bastion and they sent troops to Vietnam as well, I think. And like, so fucking crazy. I never, I don't think of the Vietnam war as being not like Taiwan and China. Yeah. It's, it's funny. You sort of like lose out on the, smaller players because so many people so many different like major distinct cultures like china or the u.s always center themselves without really within the like, narrative yeah within the narrative mm. and they don't really give any credit to all the supporting actors yeah you know? and then you see something like this cadillac was donated by democratic refugees from china who fled to the philippines to support the cause in taiwan and you're yeah. like there was a lot of shit there was going a lot on of shit going on <laughs> yeah. like that that required some planning amongst yeah. those people in a completely different country it and was... they were aware of what was going on in this other place like and how it's all been kind of de-emphasized in yeah. history which it is has, yeah. it's so weird side note sorry to interrupt as I'm going through this podcast and editing it, thinking back on our experience in Chiang Kai-shek's monument, I feel compelled to say there's multiple layers of enlightenment going on here. Like phase zero is the mainstream narrative that China's invested in. Like Taiwan's just a part of China and the story. Level one is what I described here 
like Chiang Kai-shek fled to Taiwan and created this sovereign state away from the oppression of what turned out to be the CCP. But now a new realization has dawned on me as I'm listening back through this. Chiang Kai-shek and the ruling party at the time during the civil war in China, they were authoritarian dictators presiding over a massive famine in China. Millions of people died at this time huge income inequality. There's a reason why the people in China rose up and embraced communism. So when Chiang Kai-shek fled China, he wasn't a liberator fleeing the CCP. He was a deposed dictator who was trying to control the country without democracy that had to flee because the people rose up against him. That's also a narrative that isn't really emphasized in Taiwan's story. Even in Taiwan, when he first set up the state there, it was an autocracy. There was no freedom of speech. Part of what's in Chiang Kai-shek's monument is the history of how they developed their own free press. Because speaking ill of the government in the beginning of the formation of Taiwan was a criminal offense. And it was only after decades of demonstration and activism that Taiwan even became democratic. So as much as I'm against China pushing a single narrative. I'm also, ironically, kind of against the narrative that I just walked through myself about how Chiang Kai-shek created this beautiful utopia that was Taiwan. He fled China because he was forced out, and then he tried to hang on to his dictatorship in an island that he stole from Japan. None of that is to delegitimize what Taiwan is today as like a beautiful, vibrant, democratic mix of different cultures. It's amazing. It deserves sovereignty. But I, Taiwan became what it is in spite of him, not because of him. And I understand why mainland China has some serious beef. I thought that nuance was important to come through. Thanks. And now when you've got a lot of people in the States being like, oh, why do we even care if China takes over Taiwan? Like, that's not our problem. And you realize how much support Taiwan has given to the U.S. at their own personal peril over the 20th and 21st century. It's yeah. like, man, those fucking people deserve some loyalty in return. Yeah, like, they've absolutely. gone through some shit. And talking to Brad, like, they are right now standing up to one of the most powerful forces in the world so courageously and being yeah. like we're ready to fucking die for our values and our freedom and independence yeah. and we hope you got our back and it's just like you know you hear because nancy pelosi went to taiwan yeah. like pretty recently yeah, and i've talked that. to a couple people since then that are like oh i don't know why she did that like that was just stupid like yeah you're like of course you don't know why yes exactly of course yeah. you don't know why yeah because even the U.S. now is too, how can I, I was going to say pussy, too, like... Sensitive balls. Uh, sensitive balls to um, <laughs> <laughs> to push out the truth about the history of Taiwan and China yeah. because China would get pissed off and it's like, you're already selling them out. <gasps> I just realized why people say, like, don't be so testy. It's <laughs> testicles. <laughs> Yeah, be so testy because if you... They're real even reactive. If you, yeah. You just tap them. Yeah. <laughs> and then... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so so that was like the, the pumping heart of Taiwan. And of course, since then, it's become much more. And like I said, it was previously Japanese. So there's a lot of Japanese influence in the culture. Tons. Yeah. There's a lot of Chinese influence in the culture, obviously. And there is a lot more 
pride in the Japanese side of the culture yeah. rather than the sort of Chinese influence. Like they yeah. understand we are this type of people. Our main language is this. Like we have yeah. certain dialects that are also very like popular. But they really embrace their Japanese roots. Yeah, and like even Brad, even Brad yeah. like he loves being like my, you know, grandmother, my grandmother was Japanese. was Japanese. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because like I don't have any illusions about how brutally Chiang Kai Shek probably took over that. Absolutely. A island, right? Absolutely. And there's a big opportunity for a lot of bad blood yeah. to be like, my grandmother was around when the Chinese came and took over Taiwan yeah. and these terrible things happened. I'm sure terrible things did happen. But to be like, we're one people now. Mm-hmm. Like, this is our heritage. We have yeah. shared heritage. Honestly, I would love to do more, like, digging into the history of it. We spent a lot of time checking out little shops and stuff and going to the... There was a little street market that was near us that wasn't as big as the one that Jess was talking about, but it was still pretty cool. And they had street food and they had all these little gift shops and... And little alleyways and it just kept on getting... Like, we thought it was so small when we first got there, but it just kept on getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And as we kept on exploring it, we were like, oh what's this we've never been down this way yeah yeah and all these kebabs and like weird foods like i had a i don't even know what the fuck it was honestly yeah it's it was it was called the prince monza but like i don't even know i think it was mashed potato on the bottom it was like and then they had like half a boiled egg it wasn't a mashed potato it was like bannock like a gnocchi like a giant gnocchi type thing because it was like yeah it was kind of doughy yeah kind of like a potato gnocchi something yeah and then it had like Half a boiled egg, yeah. pieces of broccoli, yeah. pineapple, yeah. Some corn, ham, ham yeah. some bacon on it. Bacon, and it was in a plastic tub kind of yeah. like cup. And then they smothered the whole thing in this like queso melted cheese sauce. And then you just eat it out of this cup and it was so good. <laughs> it was like an undefined food. I was like... <laughs> I feel like I died and went to stoner heaven, and this yeah. is my like while my reception you, gift. While Chris is eating it, he's just like, man, this is like the best hangover food ever. It was so good. And I, I was honestly, just... I couldn't believe you ate it. I was watching you, and I was like, all of these things individually, good, right? <laughs> but then like when you put them all together, like I have no idea how you're possibly consuming this. Mashed potato, good. Pineapple, good. good. Cheese, good. Ham, good. <laughs> good. What's not to like? Custard? Good. Jam? Good. Meat? Good. <laughs> and Jess had lamb kebabs? I had a lamb and a chicken. And we saw such crazy characters, like, especially Ooh. in that little part of town. Yeah. So I said it was like LGBTQ. LGBTQ. LGBT. I mean, does the order really matter? Yes, it does. Just say LGBTQ. There are some more important than the others and they need to come first? No, no, no. Just say LGBTQ. LGBTQ. But yeah, so I said it was the LGBTQ. LGBTQ. <laughs> part of town. Jesus. But it's really, it was just like an open public forum for everybody to let their freak flag fly. Like there was just people from all different subcultures and other countries. It was just such an interesting mix of character and personality and expression. There was yeah. this lady... Like, cruising through on a scooter, dragging cardboard boxes behind her on a rope. Yeah, and every single time she passed us, there'd be more. <laughs> it's like, where are you getting these things? Yeah. She's just beep, beep, beep. 
Then you had a whole bunch of dogs and strollers and dogs people and matching their dog outfits by wearing the same outfits. It was cool. Yeah, and street yeah. performers. and Yeah, a bunch of street performers all over the place. So we did a bunch of shopping, picked up some knickknacks for folks back home, just found a milk donut. Oh my gosh, crispy milk donut. Crispy milk donut from Taipei. Don't even get started. So unique. Like, who knew? You know what's crazy? When you hear people be <sighs> like, oh my god, you got to try this thing in this place, and it gets all built up, and then you're like, you try it, and you're like, wow, that is good. I'm glad that so-and-so mentioned it. It's such a different experience. To find something that's that good that nobody has told you about and just yeah. stumble on it and be like, be like so casually, just like, oh, we should try this thing. And then you bite it and you're like, oh my God, my life is different now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, Get in my mouth. It's so crazy where you're like, I think, I think this is amazing. Like, I think <gasps> I think I love this. I think I'm going to need to tell people about this. I found one of those things. And it's like. Crazy milk donut. Yeah, it was so good yeah it was so funny there's this one day we were walking around and chris is like so how you feeling and i was like I, I could i could go for a crispy milk donut and i was like but only if we walk towards it you know organically i'm not gonna like go seeking for it because i don't know i didn't know my way around <laughs> i didn't have a map in my head of where it was yeah, and it was so funny. Just navigation skills, not <laughs> not so great. Not so good. Yeah, I go by landmarks. So we were walking around, and it was so funny. I was getting to the point where I was like, "Okay, let's just turn around and like let's just go home," because we were getting to a place that I actually recognized, and like I knew how to get home from there. And Chris was like, "No, no, no, let's just keep walking around." And funnily enough, he walks me straight into Crispy Milk Donut. Crispy Milk Donut. Yeah, right onto the corner, and I was like. I thought we said that we would organically come here. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, my really navigation nice. skill's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I navigate by feel, which is funny because I can't visualize anything in my head. Can you explain the texture of the crispy milk donut okay, so people know yeah, what's so okay, amazing so about it? So it's kind of like it smells like a honey cruller. And it's got that like it's almost like, a... like honey cruller, like doughy inside. Like it's nice and like soft and moist but and like doughy, hollow. but it's not hollow. Yeah. But on the outside, it's got that like deep fried, crispy, like crunch to it. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know it's what's like, the equivalent. The, the outside texture is like a sour cream, like a fried sour cream donut, but yeah, the inside yeah, yeah, yeah. texture is like a honey cruller, yeah, kind of, yeah, except yeah. a little thicker, a little yeah. more dense. Yeah, and then on the outside, it's not even like powdered sugar. It's like powdered something that they sprinkle on top, and it creates this like layer of like crunchy, like crispiness, but it's not sweet. It's not solely sweet. It's sweet and savory. So, like, in your mouth, it's, like, this beautiful, you get salty, you get sweet, you get crunchy, and you get, like, moist and soft, and it's hot, but it doesn't burn your mouth. It's just perfect. It's, like, the perfect donut. It's the perfect donut. Maybe we could open one. Oh, man. Fucking crispy milk donut? Oh my god. Maybe it is milk powder that they sprinkle on top of it, but it is like a little bit salty. And it's so good. Why are you a little bit salty, bro? Oh, look at this. Another big cup of coffee. Ugh. So good. So good for your body. That looks like anxiety. It looks like getting back to level. My hands are stopping shaking. <laughs> um, 
So we went there. We went there a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> we we accidentally kept finding ourselves in front of there. Um, Except for the one time it was closed, I almost had a panic attack. Yeah. <laughs> And I even started going out by myself and like starting to practice Chinese because I was taking Chinese lessons a lot on Duolingo and on the other one. Chinese skill. Chinese skill, which is better than Duolingo, I think. So I was practicing my Chinese and it's like starting to and I was excited to practice it. And in Taiwan, not a lot of shop owners seem to speak English, especially Mm -hmm. the older ones. Yeah. And Jess wasn't feeling good one day. She was napping and I snuck out and got us green juice so that oh, yeah. her tummy would feel better. And I had to, like, practice. This was after eating those buns. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you were in rough shape after eating, like, four pork buns to the dome. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, just, like, I was like, oh, I'm full. And then I passed yeah, out. Like, <laughs> she went into a legitimate coma, like, legitimate food coma until her body was ready to do life again. <laughs> We need to get this through. All systems focus on digestion. Seriously, shut this machine down <laughs> yeah. so that we can focus on the internals. Like somebody threw chewing gum into the plywood machine. Yeah. Um, but I went down to this store that we had walked past a few times. I don't remember what it was called. It was called like, I had to figure out how to say celery and cucumber and apple. Apple, I know. Pinguo. Yeah. Pinguo, That's yeah. easy one. So in Chinese, I was like, Liangge be guozhi, no. Guozhi, yeah. Is that juice? Yeah. Liangge be guozhi, pingguo he, you know, cucumber and celery. And the, <laughs> and the guy, like, understood me. But then when he said how much money's to give him, I couldn't understand. <laughs> and then he, he said again, and then he showed me on the calculator. And I was like, xie xie. And everything went according to plan. <laughs> Yeah, and then you came back with your juices, and you were so excited. I was so proud of myself, because I, it was like the first, oh man, it's what I've been excited about all year, like getting out into like Mandarin-speaking society, and like navigating Just fucking independently. going for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I came back and gave Jess juice to make her feel better, and I felt so accomplished. It, <laughs> it was basically like the Japanese show on Netflix about the little kids who are sent on errands with <laughs> backpacks bigger than they are. That's what I was doing. <laughs> What gave me uh I give you green juice. Oh yeah, Liu yeah. Good yeah. <laughs> and then you felt better. Yeah. It was good. I do want to talk about the bubble tea though, because okay. Taiwan is known for its bubble tea, right? Uh Taiwan is the birthplace of bubble tea. Or milk yeah. milk tea. No bubble tea in general. Bu- bubble tea in general. Yeah. Did they invent tapioca pearls or something? Basically. When we met, I didn't even like tapioca pearls. I thought they were gross. Yeah, he was like, what are these, frog eggs? Hate them. They got weird texture, but now I like the texture because they're kind of like chewy in the middle. They're yeah. not They're not just slimy. They're, they're also chewy. Yeah, they're chewy, and it's like... <laughs> I kind of, no joke, want to go to Kung Fu Tea or whatever. Yeah, Kung Fu Tea House, yeah. Yeah, which we also saw in Taiwan, which was, or in Taipei, which was super cool. That's where it's from, yeah. Um, but Jess and I decided to go... Like, let's find the OG bubble tea spot in Taipei. And we looked it up, and 
it was a brand that allegedly like was the birthplace of bubble tea within Taipei. Yeah. That, that was like 80 years bubble old. Bubble tea, or milk tea. Yeah. All that good stuff. Yeah. So he crossed over to the super bougie part of town, which was right near Taipei 101, which used to be the tallest building in the world for a while. Yeah. Until like 2007? Until the Burj Khalifa, I think. Is oh, okay. But it doesn't look that tall. When I was looking at it, I was like, the Empire State Building's got to be bigger than that. Maybe they're the same size. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. And we go to the bubble tea place. And it was so good. I had jasmine milk tea. And it was just like flavored milk like my mom would give me before bed when I couldn't sleep as a kid. It was just like sweet vanilla milk with jasmine and pearls. And it was so good. Yeah. And Jess couldn't finish. So I drank like almost a liter of milk tea and then <laughs> and then Jess couldn't finish hers so I drank hers too because the girl when we ordered she's like these are you asked for the small size do you want like, the bigger size and we were like yeah of course we want the bigger size yeah not realizing that it was like a liter literally like two pints of just like bubble tea came out didn't you also get a snack yep what'd you get a little manto oh yeah and manto with um condensed milk mustard condensed milk yeah. Which is interesting. Sweet that's, mustard milk. It's funny because the first, like, quote-unquote Taiwanese food I ever had was when you and I went and had manto in Vancouver. Yeah, at A Bento. Shout out A Bento! I'm glad that we did get to have some of that when we went there. Because mm. that was the only thing that was, like, quintessentially Taiwanese food to me. It's like in that head, dipped in condensed milk. Yeah. Mm. It was really good. And we sat and did resumes, I think, or something. No, I did Taiwanese trip planning. Oh, maybe I was working on Pareto. Maybe I was working on my business I project. I think so, yeah. And I was working on um, figuring out how to get to Chai and Alishan and, like, what's the best way to get there? What's the most economic way? Mm. Do we go by tour because tour covers everything, high-speed rail costs, things like that. That was a good day. Yeah. I kept seeing things that I'd seen in anime in the 90s, like a building with, like, writing across it, like the police station had written on it in Chinese police station. I'm like, I saw that in cartoons and I'm like, nobody would really write police station on the side of the police station. But there it was like, and the scooters. Oh yeah. The little scooters, man. Okay. So right beside the night market that was really close to us, there was, yeah, a police station and there were maybe like 30 or 40 of these little tiny white scooters all lined up perfectly beside one another in like a tiny little diagonal angle with tiny little police lights on it like a blue and a red one and you could just imagine somebody on this <laughs> and it was so cute you're like i'm not even gonna pull over because i like watching you chase me yeah <laughs> we keep going we 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 yeah <laughs> They're so cutesy, and I remember watching anime, not knowing that it was from Taiwan, and being like, this is such a funny cartoon, like, nothing looks like that in reality. And then going to Taiwan and being like, wow, everything is really that cute. Yeah, I can't wait for when we go to Japan, your mind's gonna be blown. You're gonna be like, The people in Taipei were so respectful and polite and civil and kind and yeah nobody made me feel stupid for not being able to read the menu yeah and they're like oh yeah. where are you from and yeah. you're like i'm from canada and they're like your chinese is really good and you're like yeah but i still can't read motherfucker <laughs> can't read for shit and especially the guy who like 
ordered our pork knuckle for oh me. Oh my gosh, that was so nice. Yeah, when that I, day was a beautiful exploratory day where we just like wound up at this random like Taiwanese fast food, but not even really fast food. Noodles and rice and side dishes and pork. And they had like roast pork mm-hmm. knuckle. Yeah. What, what are they called? Trotters? Yeah, trotters. And I'd never had it before, but I was like, you know, it looks good and it's meat. I'll try it, and it was fucking good. Honestly, I'm so I was so surprised that you would even want to try that. I was very proud of you. Yeah, I was getting out there, just getting out there in the yeah, world and doing I know, things. But I don't feel like a year ago you would have fucking even dared. No, even looked at it. Maybe not. Yeah, it did look really good though. Yeah, but yeah, everybody was super accommodating. Yeah. and super kind, and yeah, but I, I bring it up because. The culture there really was cute. Like, I'm hearing myself say this, and it sounds super condescending to be like, oh, what a quaint little culture you have. But, like, it was so, it was honestly so cute. It felt safe. It felt really safe, yeah. yeah. And, and it, it felt like everybody had a mutual respect. Like, you mm-hmm. would walk past a group of guys that kind of looked intimidating, but, like, if you bumped into them, so like, polite. all of a sudden, like, we're all bound at each other, like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everybody was so polite and kind, which kind of embarrasses me for Canada, you know, like everywhere I go, I'm so embarrassed that people have this impression that Canada is so civilized and so polite and like everybody's so nice because I'm like, I've been so many places where people are nicer than Canadians. That stereotype solely comes from people who... From the U.S. Yeah, who are from the U.S., yeah. Yeah, because they're like, oh my God, you don't even like tell me to go fuck myself. So you're so nice. (laughs) I bumped into you and you didn't shoot me. Yeah. Yeah. All we do over here is, whoop, sorry. Oh, watch that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is only Americans pushing this narrative that Canadians are so nice. We're just not fucking assholes. Eh, Americans and Aussies, I think. And Brits. But, like, it's like the European, the colonizers. Yeah, all the colonizers are like, wow, you appreciate that people exist who aren't you. That's so enlightened. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. It's, your bar's pretty low. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. You know, shitting on the, the whole West. I really did enjoy Taiwan. I yeah. really did enjoy Taiwan. Yeah. And so, one day, mm. I woke up in the morning to a phone call from my sister. And she was quite upset. Yeah. And we learned very abruptly that our time in Taiwan was about to come to an end. Ah. Uh. Like 